Podcast, your source for offbeat news. Marauding monkeys bring fear to historic Indian tourist haven. These monkeys have gotten aggressive. Anytime you hold a package in their hand, they'll come up and they'll snatch it from you. Like gang members. Like, take your chain. Oh my god. Hot takes on sports? Drew Brees is a legend. How dare you? He is, but he's done. No, he's not. You pardoned him. He's coming back. (laughs) He wants to pardon Drew Brees. I want to throw him in prison. And deep dives into the paranormal. The uh, Loveland Frogman. At approximately 3.30 a.m., an unnamed businessman, uh, the most credible witness maybe you can find. <laughs> unnamed businessman. <laughs> I was just doing business when I saw a frogman. Join us every Monday and let's talk some bullshit. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all your favorite podcasting apps. Episode 16. I remember this time. Is it 16? Yeah. I was going to say it was 15. <laughs> no, last time was uh, 15. It was Raina. Okay. All right. This time it's you, remember? That's right. I'm even numbers. Guess what, everyone? If you haven't figured it out by now, I do all the even numbers and Jesse does the odd numbers. Don't tell them the secrets. I'm kidding. I don't really care. Pod secrets. <laughs> no, it does help like make things a lot easier because I'm like, oh, that's right. It's my turn. Oh, it's your turn, you know? Depending on the day and how much I've had to drink, I remember that. Or the week. Or the week. Oi. Do you want to get into it? Oi. No. (laughs) I've moved (laughs) my oldest children into college. They've started classes. I only have one left at home. And my job is in the middle of a hostile situation. To say the least. Mm -hmm. About the most. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. I'm loving it. Well, um, if you don't mind, I'm going to totally like nab this moment and say that we ate too much. I want to curl up in the fetal position on the floor. She found me in the fetal position on the floor. Bruh. Like, like legit feel that moment where you're just like, you feel, I feel the same way. Um, I feel like there is food up to my boobs and I need to lay down. I feel like my food is filling up my boobs, which... I need on a daily basis because I got the small boobs. I mean, if it's going to go anywhere, right? At least it would go. Yeah, at least it goes in the boobs. But I'm so miserable. Yeah. Do you want to lay down? No, I can do this. I can power through. I can power through from all my new besties. Hell yeah, dude. Do you have any new besties that you want to shout out? No, not particularly. Okay. No worries. I know you do. I do. I have Selena. Uh, Selena. Selena. I am so sorry if I'm totally butchering your name on TikTok. Thank you so much for listening every single time. Um, and then a pod mechanic who's been incredibly helpful on Instagram. So heads up if anybody else is out there thinking about a podcast, has a podcast, totally hit them up. Very, very helpful. Um, and Selena, thank you so much for like shouting, you know, and commenting on the TikTok. It, it's nice. It's you know, good that somebody's watching, <laughs> you know, and of course everybody else who isn't commenting, 
Of we course. love you too. You're oh, my God. best friends too. Absolutely. You don't have to comment. My best friend's in Paris. I don't know if it's Paris, Texas or Paris. God, where were the other Paris cities? Oh, in there was the a ton. States? We Googled it. Yeah, there was like a ton of different Parises. Yeah, we, right? we see you in Kansas City. Oh, Kansas City's oh, coming Kansas through. Kansas City. You are about to bypass Paris and Dallas yeah. and, and Seattle. And yeah, we see all y'all. Yeah. You're all our new best friends. You just don't know it. Yeah. You do now. Okay. And welcome, welcome to the friendship. The Bronx. Oh, the Bronx. That's right. Yeah. And then all our European, Indian, and Russian Federation people. Yes. And what? Oh, and our one listener in Australia. That's right. I'm I'm hoping it's because I'm starting the, the uh, Australian series. Let me know. Um, but anyway. Our Canadian friends. Oh, yeah. We might move and be well, your neighbors. True. We do live in Texas, so it's Texas, okay. that's all we're going to say. More and more better. We don't do politics, so that's what we're going to say about that. Yeah. But we see all you guys, our new besties. Yeah, 100%. But and seriously, thank you everybody. Seriously for listening, commenting, scragging, liking, following, all that stuff. Keep doing it. Honestly, yeah. it does help us. Download it. Yes, please. You should be able to download all our episodes. Download as well. it. Um, like us. Give us five stars. Leave us a little. Hey. Yeah. And honestly, like, let us know what you think. Because truly, at the end of every episode, we really actually do want to know what you think. Because a lot of the cases that we cover are pretty. Like, the decision may have been made one way or the other, but we ourselves have different opinions sometimes, so. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Other times, you know, we pretty cut and dry. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. We'll see. Do you want to get into your case today? I do. Um, I'm kind of flying by the seat of my pants today because I did this story, like, um, last week, and I'm kind of, I remember it, but... A lot's it's, happened in a week. Yeah, a lot yeah. has happened at my, you know, paying job this week. So. Tell me. So let's get into her. Um, I'm going to cover Kelly. Well, she was born Kelly Brookshire in 1968 in rural Georgia. Oh, shit. Okay. I, I left Texas and Florida. That's amazing because, like, we don't get many Georgia in there. I feel like Texas... Florida and then like the Pacific Northwest get a lot of love and California get a lot of love when it comes to serial killers and murderers and everything else, right? Yeah. We don't get a lot of Georgia. I, she's from Georgia. I was just proud of myself. I love Texas or Florida. I yeah, mean, for real. <laughs> I got two in a row that were outside of those two states. So. It's just not our fucked up states, right? So um, episode 16, I'm going to have to bring it back. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to have to bring it back to the great state of Texas. Let's do it. Um. So, and she had a younger brother named Shane, who was a year younger than her. Um, okay. That maybe will probably make sense later, so I'm not going to say that. Um, sometimes my notes, you know. Yeah, I know. I take, okay, frame of reference, I know it, it's, it's a little behind the scenes kind of thing, but anytime we, like, do research on this, think about doing, like, a two- <laughs> Two, like, book reports every single week. I mean, that's really the best way to describe it. Um, and sometimes you forget what you write in your notes. <laughs> so you go back and look and well, you're like, what? And a lot of times I type it up and then I have to reorganize it. Yeah. And yeah, because I, I decide that I want to tell the story differently. Yeah. And I remember this one, I was going to tell it one way. And then I decided I wanted to tell it a different way. And so this sentence 
was for my previous telling. Do you want to like restart? No, no, no. We're at Kelly, 1968, rural Georgia. We're there. Rural. 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 Your younger brother named Shane. Okay. Um, And she was born to Maxine and Larry Brookshire. Um, I'm going to put a SPN for our new listeners because we get new ones every week. An SP is not a suppressive person if you know Scientology. It is a shit pothole. That's what we call our trigger warnings. So this is an SP. Kelly's parents like to drink, do speed, and fight. Oh, cute. The trifecta. Super fun. So Larry and Maxine were only married for four years. Yeah, no shit. And I'm not going to say that it was all Maxine's fault. I'm just saying she liked to play to hide the sausage with more people than just Larry. <laughs> hide the sausage. Look, look. Read my- I haven't heard that term in a minute. Read- you Okay, you actually did type that. You typed that. Yeah. Hide the sausage. And if you don't believe me, come at me. I'll post my notes. I've done it. <laughs> I just, I'm laughing at the fact that I haven't heard the term hide the sausage in a minute. So it's, I it's brilliant. It's fucking I kind of feel like the way this is starting off you're gonna have a lot of these in my story I'm I'm here for it if that's how we're starting then I'm fully engaged Go. okay so she played more than hide the sauce if we just Larry <laughs> eight <laughs> sorry eight days after the divorce Maxine married her lover I don't even use that word eight days mm-hmm Billy Wade you know I love a double name. Wade. Billy Wade. Billy Wade. Honey. I don't know. Okay. Bless your heart. Honestly, I don't know if it's Billy Wade or Billy Wade. We're going to go Billy Wade. It's basically one word. It's one word. I tried to wear my hair down today. I can't do it. That's okay. You can put it up. Um, we all so, have those days. So, Maxine's second marriage to Billy Wade was a carbon copy of her first. Except that Bill Wade was more abusive than Larry, and he would lock the kids in their oh shit pothole, shit pothole, shit pothole, and he would lock the kids in their room while he beat Maxine. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean he spared the children. Um, the children were recipients of Billy Wade's temper too, and over the years, um, Kelly had been choked by Billy Wade. Good God! Beaten with belts, fly swatters, his hands. Whatever was within reach of him and Maxine. Jeez. What Kelly found was worse than the physical abuse she received was the mental abuse she received as well. Um, Do we want to pause there? Because let's be real. Like physical abuse is awful. We're not negating any of that. Mental abuse lasts for years afterwards because mm-hmm. you constantly have to unwire those pieces of your brain that got wired a certain way, you know? So, God, it's awful. Yes. I mean... <sighs> yeah. Shit potholes all around. Yeah, just be ready, in other words. This is just an overall trigger warning. Um, so, he would... Billy Wade would bully Kelly with name-calling, tell her she was unwanted and unloved, and Maxine would never be around to offer Kelly the support that she needed while going through all of this. I mean, did we assume she was? Um, As a result, um, of course Kelly had low self-esteem and the only place she could find joy was 
deep in a fantasy of a better life someday. Yeah. So when Kelly was 10, she was reunited with Larry. Her OG dad. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how do we think that went? Awful. Yes, <laughs> it did. And the relationship was, she was hoping to establish did not happen. Larry had remarried and had another daughter with his new wife, and he made no effort to fit Kelly into that new picture. Oh, God. So I just feel for this girl right now, because like what she's trying to do is reconnect with some sort of part of her past that offered something, even if it wasn't great, and it's just total denial. She's just reaching out. That's awful. She just wants to be loved. Yeah. So when Kelly entered high school, Maxine divorced um, Billy Way and decided to move them down to Winder, Georgia. Winder, Georgia. W-I-N-D-E-R. Winder? 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 Winder, Georgia. Uh, we're going to go Winder? That's how us Texans say it. Winder? Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, we also have Bear County, B-E-X-A-R. That's true. We also pronounce Guadalupe. Guadalupe? I don't. Um, oh, are you are you putting a pinky up there? I don't. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't. I never have. Good for you. Um, so, Wander, Georgia, a small town, 20 minutes from Athens and an hour from Atlanta, hmm. for a fresh start. But Maxine, who remember the drugs and partying mm. and the yeah, making good choices in other words, party sausage, <laughs> party sausage. Are those like the Vienna sausages of of hiding the sausage? She's just like doing bite size at this point. I, I don't even know why I said that. Okay. <laughs> she has strict rules for Kelly's social life. She was not ever allowed to bring friends home, especially not the boys. Hmm. And she definitely couldn't date. Um, but that wasn't an issue because in the small town, the kids had all grown up with each other. Right. And here's Kelly, the new girl, and she was six feet tall. It was really hard for her to make friends. Holy shit. Yeah. This poor girl. Oh, my God. Oh, how many times does she get asked a day, will you play basketball? That poor girl. I, I, I wish I could have some empathy, but being five foot three and a half, I don't understand that. No, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've always wanted to be six feet tall my whole life. But then, like, hearing stories from people who are, like, really, really tall, they are constantly being asked stupid questions like that. Like, well, how's the weather up there? Like. And so I'm like, oh, that has to suck. You're right. That does have to suck. I would just want to be able to reach stuff off the shelf. <laughs> well, you know what mine was? Volleyball. I wanted to play volleyball, like, hardcore. And, like, I mean, you, those girls are minimum six feet. Five, nine to six, if not higher. And I was the tallest girl on the team, and I'm like 5'7", <laughs> you know, at best, on a good day. You know, I'm standing up straight, so, yeah, that was my thing. Yeah. Well, plus, like, you know, supermodels and shit are all like 5'9". I never had that dream. Hmm. Five feet, three. Um, <laughs> I was just a side, I was the tallest girl in class in the fourth grade, and I was 4'11". God, do, do you remember, like, there was like a thing about that? Like yeah. the tallest person or the shortest person. And then I stopped growing in like the sixth grade. And you were like, what the hell? This fucking sucks. I didn't realize you were 5'3", though. You don't... I mean, and a half. Oh, excuse me. And a half. 
Do you add the and a half to your age as well? No. Are we doing that? No, nope, just okay. my height. Okay. If you were this short, you'd understand. <laughs> so here's my question. Why don't you wear heels more? Because <sighs> I'm old. <laughs> You're not old. And I'm done with that jazz. You're done with heels? Mm-hmm. Like, if I was going out somewhere nice, I would put the heels on. But I'm not doing that to work every day. Yeah, fuck that shit. I take my shoes off under my desk and I walk around my office barefoot every day. Oh, but you walk around barefoot? Not just like under, you don't put your shoes back on to walk around the office? So in my actual office, I'm barefoot. If I have to leave my office and go outside, I put my shoes on. Oh, okay. Okay. To the rest of the building. Right, 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 right. Because like, it's just you and like... Right now, three other people. Okay. I'll cut you slack on that. But still, like, office carpet? I hate shoes. I hate shoes too, but like, office carpet? I've never had a foot fungus. I'm not saying that. I'm saying... I wash my feet. I'm saying, read the room, look who you work with. I've always done it. Okay. I hate shoes. I'm classy with a K, Okay. (laughs) Back to Kelly. Okay, six feet tall. Six feet tall. Moving on. Yes. So Friday night, she didn't go to the football games. Um, she spent Friday nights working the McDonald's drive-thru. Okay. And the kids at school would often call her, not my words, the kids at school, trailer trash. Rude. And they would have nothing to do with her. But then her senior year, enter Mitzi Smith. Mitzi. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Mitzi with a Y. With an eye. Oh, honey. With an eye. That's how you know. Trouble. Sorry, all those Mitzi's out there. We love you, Mitzi. Yes. She saw that Kelly was lonely and reached out to her. See, Mitzi's good. Okay. Okay. Positive influence. Yes, and her friendship took off from there. But that's not the only thing that happened to Kelly her senior year. Mm Mm-hmm. She became pregnant. Oh, good God. What? And it was, and she was able to hide her pregnancy until she was six months pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then everyone, including Mitzi, Mitzi didn't know. Oh, she didn't even tell Mitzi? She didn't even tell Mitzi that <laughs> she had a bun in the oven. Do we know who? No. Um, the kids at school ridiculed her, but Mitzi helped her through it. She stood by her, even though all the other kids God were bless. making fun of her. Great. And she refused to name her baby her baby daddy the entire time. So she would never say. She never named her baby daddy. Okay. You know what I'm thinking? Hmm. Teacher. You think? Why else wouldn't she name the baby daddy? She was she was born in '68. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's extrapolate that. Let's add 10 years. That's 78. We're talking about the 80s? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's probably true. There was a lot of cra- crazy crap like that going on in the 80s. Just saying. Not that there isn't nowadays, but it was a lot worse than the 70s and 80s. I'm just saying. Yeah, that, that could be it. Yeah. Just saying. Why, why not name the baby daddy? Get yourself some child support, boo-boo. Well, also, like, it's, you know, she's in high school. She might not be thinking that way. I mean. Right. I mean, we would, because nowadays we're like, no, 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 no. This is your problem too, my friend. Right? But right. I'm, I'm with you on the teacher thing. Okay, let's just go with that. Okay. Continue. You know I like to make up stories. Yeah. And that part of the podcast is not fact. Right. No, that's a total opinion. <laughs> we have no Completely. clue who the baby daddy is. No. We're just, yeah. So when Larry, her bio dad, found out she was pregnant... 
he actually reconnected with her. And together, they decided that the baby, who was a boy, should have his last name Brookshire. Okay, wait. So Larry had no time for her whenever she was needing him. But now all of a sudden he has time for her? Uh Uh-huh. Hmm. Is it because he's a boy? I'm just saying. I really don't know. Hmm. I only get so much info. No, no, no. so much info out there. I'm just, you know. Do you want to make up a story? I can do that. I love making up stories. No, I'm just saying, I think it's interesting that he literally had no time for his own daughter, but now all of a sudden she's pregnant with a boy child, and now it's like, oh, But okay. maybe she got pregnant, and he realized, oh, fuck, I need to be there for her. Okay. In her time of need. We'll go with the good Larry version. Okay. So in night, June of 1986, only two weeks after she graduated high school, mm. Her son was born. Mm. I've intentionally left out the name of her child. I mean, that's smart. He's a victim in all of this. Yes. I'm assuming. Again. (laughs) I'm just saying. I... The name of... I found the name of the baby. All I'm going to say is, person who is Kelly's son, we're the same age. (sighs) And we're born in the same month. (gasps) Is he downstairs? Maybe. No, he's definitely not. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, I read his name and I left it out of my story. Yeah. On purpose. Absolutely. So, a couple of months after the baby was born, Kelly began dating. Okay. That's her right. Yeah. She began dating Jeff Banks, a boy from high school. And a couple of months after that, they were married. Uh Okay. Again, you know, we're young. We're not making... We're making decisions based on our information at the time. We're young. We didn't grow up from a in a loving household. Correct. Emotionally these, unstable. These things are making sense to me. Of course. And the marriage only lasted six months. Okay. Well, at least she got out early. That's good. Well, would you like me to tell you why the marriage only lasted six months? Do I want to know? You're going to tell me anyway. I mean... It is the podcast where we talk about crappy shit, so... Yeah. I mean, I can leave it out. No, please. We can, we can move on. No, I know. I want to know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Remember Larry? Yes. Daddy Larry. Yes. He went after Jeff with a gun. What? Okay. Do you want to know why? No. I mean, yes, I do want to know. I don't know why. Why? Why did he... He <laughs> failed to pass Larry the bread during a family dinner. What? That's like going after a gun kind of mentality is you don't pass me bread. <laughs> I, I mean, my family has had some fucked up dinners. I mean, sure. I, I've yelled fuck you and my sibling at Christmas. I mean, but um, no one's ever pulled a gun on anyone yet. As yet, yeah. But we have Thanksgiving <laughs> and Christmas coming up, so. TBD. <laughs> Something to look forward to. We could be doing podcasting from jail. <laughs> Not you. You wouldn't pull a gun. It'd probably be, you TBD. Know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Okay. So that happened. Yeah, that's craziness. I know. I said, pass me the bread, mother trucker. <laughs> and he's over here with a fucking gun. I mean... Uh, okay, keep going, keep going. I want to know more. Keep so, going. so Kelly was now a single mom at 19. And uh. so her son, her and her son moved back into Maxine's mobile home. Okay. With Maxine. Hmm. And so 
the next part of her life is just kind of one big shit pothole. So this is your shit pothole warning. Get out now. Stop listening. Jump ship. You know what you're in for. It's about this to get real. This is episode 16. I can't shit pothole everything from thing. here on out. Exactly. Because this is about, shit's about to get real. Yeah. So um, she was arrested for shoplifting. Physically abused by Larry. She was unable to keep a job. Mm. And she self-medicated with alcohol. Ugh. I mean, who among us? Am I wrong? I shoplifted in high school. Mm. Who hasn't medicated with themselves with alcohol? Definitely did that. Same. Um, I've never been physically abused. Same. And I've always left jobs on my own terms. That's... I'm 50-50 on that. I only had one time I was laid off. And that was like a, excuse me, what's happening now? I was laid off. I was not fired. Yes. And I was laid off due to the economy. Yeah, mine was laid off due to like a a similar situation. Like they were like, well, we just are downsizing. All that whole bullshit that they say. And you're like, okay. And you're just staring at them like, wait, what do I do for the rest of the day? No, no, no. That's what it was. They were like, can you stay for the rest of the day? And I'm like, yeah, no. 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 Go fuck yourself. We're done here. We're done. Because I'm going to stay for the rest of the day after you're telling me this. Yeah, no. That's not happening. The answer is, uh, hell's no. Oh, God. Hell's no. Yeah. So, Kelly is a single mom. Mm-hmm. And she's jobless. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh-huh. So... In 80s, in, in late 80s. Uh-huh. Okay. But then, in March 1989, she met Doug Dancer. I like his last name. And, and she met him through a mutual friend. Because, you know, that's how we met people in back in the day. Pre-Tinder, yes. pre-Bumble. Pre, yeah. pre, 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 pre-cell phones, pre-everything. Yeah. And it was love at si- first sight for Doug. Mm-hmm. And, he imme- and he immediately liked her son as well. He was all in. Love it. He was in it to win it. Let me tell you about Doug. Doug was born in 1966, December 1966, at the Crawford Long Hospital in Atlanta, Georgia. He was the oldest of three children. He was the only boy. His parents were Doug Sr. and Sue. They were devoted to their children. Um, They were all raised respectful and responsible. Um, They were, it was a happy, close-knit, middle-class family. So he was emotionally stable, in other words. He was the opposite of Kelly. Literally 180 degrees. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, But Doug did struggle in school, unlike his siblings. It was discovered he was dyslexic. Oh, okay. Um, One of my pod sons is dyslexic and dysgraphic. And people with dyslexia actually are extremely intelligent. Yeah. Um, So... It's just, it, yeah, it's just like, um, unfortunately, the dyslexia and dysgraphia puts you behind simply because it's not that you don't understand necessarily, it's just you can't keep up because of, like, the disability, right? Well, no, so... Explain, help me, understand. So, dyslexia is when you, obviously, everybody knows what right. dyslexia is. 
And dysgraphia, I had actually never heard of it till the school calls me in and says, we're monitoring him for this. And I'm like, oh, wow. I'm sorry, what? What? So it's a neurological disorder of writing expression that impairs your writing ability and fine motor skills. Yeah. Um, So basically what it was is when the pod son, when he would write things... He, could, he would know exactly what he was writing down. He, be the, he would go, oh, I wrote, the dog says wolf. Right. And, and you would look at it, and it would look like hieroglyphics. Oh, got it. Like, to them, but it's just a miscommunication between the brain and the hands. Oh, so it's like the signals aren't. Mm-hmm, got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and now in school, dysgraphic children, where we live, where my kids go to school, not a blanket statement. Right. Not a blanket statement. The only kids that learn cursive are dysgraphic and dyslexic children. Because it's easier for them when they do not pick up their pencil. Oh, shit. I didn't realize that. That makes total sense. That's smart. I like that. I mean, granted, you and I learned cursive because, again, we're oh, shit. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, man. That's yeah. totally interesting. Okay, so he had Doug had dyslexia. Mm-hmm. Okay, got mm-hmm. it. But mm-hmm. he grew up in a we're gonna say normal as in standard kind of family. You know, for your the most standard part. middle class suburban family. Right. Not um, like Kelly at all. <laughs> totally different conversation. Yes. Got it. And he graduated high school in nineteen eighty five and he got tired of working so hard for his grades, so he went against his father's wishes and didn't go to college. And I totally get that. Yeah. Um, because in the 80s, even though we know he's dyslexic, um, I'm assuming they didn't have the same resources that they do nowadays. No. You know. No. It's only, I mean, even nowadays, we don't have enough resources, to be honest. So I can only imagine what it was in the <laughs> 80s. I mean, my kid, my kid gets, you know. But... There again, my children don't go to a standard public school. So right, and that's that's it. Like they don't I, go I, to a public school. I can't say that because I don't know what they do in the standard public school system. Right, that's true. So we're going to just use our information that we know about yeah. as a frame of reference. So forgive us if we're being ignorant. Yes. Yeah. All all I know is about is you know I don't know what they did in the eighties. Yeah. I was not dealing with that. My child gets good resources mm-hmm. to help him through school. Right. Um, I hope that other children do as well. God, yeah. Um, so instead, he got a job working with his hands, which is what he preferred to do anyways. Fair enough. Good job. I, I hope it's like a... Um, like a... Like with his hands, good career type situation. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, like a trade school. Like yeah, plumber, that's, electrician. That's what I was looking for. HVAC. Because those guys, man, especially nowadays, you can make a ton of money. And all that crap that they told us like, oh, you don't want to be a garbage man. You don't want to be a fucking plumber. The hell I don't. The hell I don't. <laughs> that is a not. respectable career. <laughs> and the fact that our parents were like, oh, all shitting on it. Fuck that. 
That is a absolutely admirable career. And please go to trade school. If you want to go to trade school, don't let anyone convince you you have to go to high, a college to be successful. Mm, no, incorrect. So take it from us who've learned and lived that life. <laughs> I'm just going to say you can live a very good life without having to go to college. A 1,000%. I have a piece of paper that does fuck all for me. It's an art history degree, essentially. So... I have a piece of paper. My husband doesn't have a piece of paper. My husband makes more than twice what I do. And there it is. So, do you. So, anywho. The following September, the two lovebirds were married. Doug's parents, they had some reservations at first. They were a little teetering on the fence. Sure. Um, But they were put to rest once they found out that Callie was four months pregnant on their wedding day. Oh. Okay. Um... (laughs) Unfortunately, after the wedding, both Doug and Kelly lost their jobs and had to move back in with Maxine. Why did they move in with her parents and not his? I don't know. That's a dumb move. I don't know. Just saying. I don't know. Maybe his parents didn't offer. That's true. Maybe that's where Kelly wanted to go because that's where she felt comfortable because she felt the judgment from his parents. True. I can, I, okay. okay. I, I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't there. Um, so, and the old pattern of bickering and fighting returned like the evil doll that's been thrown away. (laughs) And again, that is something you wrote. (laughs) And since Doug had not grown up in an environment like that, um, he just, he just tried not to engage in it. Right. He, he, it was foreign to him. He was like, I'm not going to be doing this. Um, and so, he, during all the fighting, he still wanted to do what was best for his family. So, he decided the best way to get that steady income with good benefits for his pregnant wife and his stepson was to join the army. I mean, that's one way. Sure. I, to each his own. I appreciate all of our military. Immensely. 100%. 100%. Um, for me personally, I don't, I, the military would kick me out because I'd be like, you want me to do what? Right. Yeah. Same here. <laughs> same. So while in the army, Doug was earning enough money, um, for Kelly to cover the bills, for him to send to Kelly to cover all the bills and take every care of everything. Oh, wow. Okay. But Kelly was not spending the money on the bills. What? And her, their car was about to get repoed. What? So Doug's parents found out and bailed Kelly out by paying the car notes. Okay. So July 1990, the couple's first child together, a daughter, was born. Okay, I'm sorry. I get a reel back. What was she spending the money on? Do we know? Do we know? Or do you just don't want to say yet? I'm not going to tell you. Okay, okay. That's fine. Okay. Okay, that's fine. I don't want you to give away any more than you have to. I'm just like... How do you not, because you got a kid and a kid on the way. I'm thinking in my head, like, you know, like if yeah. I were in that situation. Mm-hmm, anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I continue. know. I know. So their daughter, who I'm not going to name, was born in July of 1990. Okay. And then in August, Doug was shipped out to Wagenbahnen, Germany. No. Oh. And then in September, Kelly and the children followed Doug to Germany. Okay. So, shockingly enough, trouble started immediately. 
Kelly would throw parties, and it was alleged that she was seeing under other men while Doug was away on assignments. So what do you think she was spending all that money on? So wait, so she like flipped a bitch, like hardcore. Because up until this point, really up until his military career, she has been kind of, from what I'm getting of the story, granted one side of things, not wilding out, right? We're not doing Girls I Gone mean, Wild at this point. I mean, she right? did like, get married right off the bat. So I've got... Twice. You know, I myself have gone through, you know, a, a young marriage and or whatever. And also, like, I know a lot of people who are married right out of high school that are, believe it or not, still together. So, eh, fair enough, you know. And also, again, you know what? I'm just going to say this. You've been doing a lot of people, moms who are desperate situation, holy shit, I can't find a way out. I'm going to get married, get pregnant right out of high school. Am I wrong? Have or I? inside of high school. Yes! Oh, I haven't realized that. Yes! It's like me and the fucking like moms who like throw their kids into the water in the car and shit. Like drive the car into the lake. It's the same thing. I, I, had, I was doing the crazy moms that killed their kid. Uh, 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 here we are. <laughs> I'm just saying, it, but anyway, Kelly, I just don't, like, what made her go, you know, and kind of, like, flip into this world of, it's all about me, it has nothing to do with him, it has nothing to do with the kids, or anything else? You know, like, is there, like, you a catalyst? Me, have you heard me tell you the, where what she grew up in? So, do you think that it just, it just, that was, like, a go-to? Like, she, she hadn't, she didn't have love, she's looking for love. Oh, uh, so she didn't have, like, a fr- but even still, you have choices that you make. Do you think she's making subconscious choices that she doesn't even know she's necessarily she's making? She's looking for someone to love her, and Doug's not there. Okay, so when she, once she kind of got the sense of security, i.e. money coming in, then she's like, cool. And then all of a sudden, but she's going to revert to Right, so he's she's going to find. physically not there, so she's looking for someone because... The intimacy, the intimacy, and the person physically being there is not translates into love for her. Got it. Because she never had somebody hugging her and telling them they loved her. So then she's seeking as love and approval from everybody at mm-hmm. this point. Okay, got it. Um, she never had that as a child. That makes more sense. Mom and dad didn't. I love you. Dad pushed her away, remember? Yeah. When she tried to reconnect at 10, dad pushed her away for his new family. Right. So she's looking for male approval. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense now. Okay. And Doug has been shipped off. She follows him to Germany. He goes off on assignment. She's left alone. So where does she seek that attention? Everywhere else. From men. Right. Okay. Got it. And then, of course, she doesn't have good role models. She sees her mom doing that. And then, you know, her stepdad, like, obviously physically and mentally abuses her. So there's a lot of shit. And told her she was unwanted. Got it. Okay. Thank you. Uh-huh. Psychology degree. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so after several confrontations, Kelly and the children return back to Georgia before Doug's tour is over. And in October 91, Doug returns home permanently to a life with Kelly, um, but that was absolutely miserable. Hmm. So in November, Kelly decides she would, she decides she would join the army. Uh, okay. 
Sure. I I just don't. It doesn't track, but sure. <laughs> okay. Doug comes home. They're miserable. So she goes, you know what I should do? Join the army. Of all the choices, you could move out. Like, why is that? Oh, whatever. Okay. So sure. Doug deciding he was done with Kelly. Yeah. He was like, I'm done skis. This is too much. It's too much. You're in the hot mess express. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And so um, they filed for immediate separation, and the divorce was final in May 1993. Okay. Doug's parents were so happy because they felt Kelly spelled nothing but T-R-O-U-B-L-E for Doug. That's, yeah, agreed. Guess what? What? Kelly hated the army and wanted out. (laughs) Again, there's other choices you can make. Are you shocked? No, not at all. Um, so she came up with an amazing plan. Okay. Are you shocked? No. (laughs) Actually, I am. I can't wait for this amazing plan. Because it's Kelly, right? Yeah. What do you think she decided to do to get out of the army? She's gonna, okay, let me guess. She's gonna, like, hide or some shit, right? She's gonna, like, run off to some other state or something and, like, hide from the army. Just go AWOL? Yeah. No, no, no. Her plan was to get pregnant. What? Pregnant. Wait, so, but that doesn't discharge you, does it? I don't think it does, does it? I guess it does. Hmm. Because by September, she had her wish and she was living back home with Maxine. Yeah, but that, that, that doesn't, like, discharges you enough to have the baby. Don't you have to go back? I don't know. She never went back. Again, military people help us. Help us. <sighs> understand. Things. We don't oh. understand. <laughs> military story number two in a row. See? Do you see? There's a pattern here. You got patterns. <laughs> Do you not take the wheel? <laughs> um, I'm just trying to figure out what's going on in your subconscious. There's a, there's like a thing. Don't try to psychoanalyze me. <laughs> We're psychoanalyzing my story. Okay. Don't you do that. I won't. I Don't won't. you do that. Keep going. You know, I dated this guy in the military once. You did? What What branch? I don't know. It was very short-lived. It was like a couple of dates and then... Yeah. 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 And by September, she had her wish and she was back home living with Maxine. Hmm. Then in November, she gave birth to her second son. Okay. The baby's father was Kelly's friend from the army that had cancer and had passed away months before the baby was born. So saith Kelly or reality? You know what I mean? Facts. Okay. Just just throwing it out there. The facts that were my sources. Okay. <laughs> the Google machine. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> now that Kelly was home, um, she went back to what she did best. Bouncing from job to job and serial dating. I mean, she is single at this point, so. Mm-hmm. All right. You do you, boo-boo. That's right. One of the jobs she had was at the International Readers League of Atlanta. And her boss there, Belinda, eventually became her BFF. And one weekend, Belinda had Kelly over to the Casa and introduced her to her brother, Greg. Oh, God. (laughs) Greg Owens was born March 17th, 1971. You're giving me a backstory. That's not good. That's not good. (laughs) Keep going. Keep going. (laughs) 
I think I know where this is going. In Clinton, Georgia. Uh-huh. Born to Bruce and Myris. Myrit. Oh, God. Help me. M-Y-R-T-I-S. My. Hold on. I'm looking at the word. Myrtis. Myrtis. So the, the Y is like an I, I guess? M-Y-R-T-I-S? Myrtis. Myrtis Owen. Okay. Of the four Owen children, he was child numero dos. Shitball. The Owens' third child died from SIDS a few weeks after he was born in 1976. <sighs> Awful. Awful. Until... No. Unlike Doug, Greg grew up in a violence and alcohol-filled house. Mm. His family did not stay in one town very long and the children were constantly the new kids in town, so the kids were always close together. Greg was a teeny kid, so he was easily bullied, and Belinda, Greg's sister, was not someone you wanted to mess with, and stood up to the bullies to, um, who picked on her younger brother. And that included their father, Bruce. Oh, wow. Um, Greg was miserable in school because he was always getting picked on, so he was a loner who struggled with grades, and he ended up dropping out at... 14 after he finished the 8th grade. Ooh. But that's okay because it was love at first sight for Kelly and Greg. Of course it was. Yeah, well, especially because they have similar trauma. Are you serious? That's like... Trauma bonds. Exactly. Of course it does. Absolutely. So, of course, it's like, oh, my God. You know, like, it's like an instant thing. You You can read it in other people. For sure. And they became inseparable. And there it is. <laughs> Everything was sunshine and roses at first. Don't make noises. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. It's okay. Um, but in true Kelly fashion, things took a turn. Of course they take turns. Let me guess this. The drama isn't ramped up high enough for her at this point. It's really not because she began throwing toddler tantrums and fighting with Greg when he did not do what she wanted. And let me guess. He's a true codependent, as they both were. And he was like, oh my God, honey. And he would like totally kowtow. And then like, or, and or it would ramp up. And then they would start no. fighting. Eventually all the fighting led to the breakup. Which big sister Belinda was not sad about because she didn't like how Kelly bossed him around. Sounds like Belinda was like a fucking mother. She was the mom of the family. Probably. Because she had to be. She had to be. Somebody had to do it. Yeah. Sounds like it. You want to know what happened in December 1994? I don't think you can handle this. Okay, keep going. We're getting more specific, so I have a feeling it's something bad. Doug and Kelly rekindled their relationship. Good God. Have you noticed all my... This is the third story in a row that somebody has married and remarried. Yes! See? No, no they didn't last... T- my last story, they didn't. Not um, Amber. No, well, okay, that was a totally different. Hilberling? Yeah, mm-hmm. totally different. So, no, not all my stories. <laughs> no, but this was like a... Just saying, there's a pattern, that's all. I think I need to get divorced and remarried. <laughs> Honey... Tell your pod husband that. See, see how see Honey, how that goes. We need to get divorced just so we can get remarried. It'd be way drama filled. He looks you like, are you insane? We have renewed our vows once. I remember that. Anywho, are you gonna do it again? No. 
Why not? Only if I get an even bigger diamond. Well, fuck yeah. I mean, that's the goal, right? Bigger every single time. Yes. I mean, is that why you do a vow renewal? Yes. Besides the dress. You get to wear another dress. That's kind of fun. The ring. Yeah. True. Mm -hmm. So, this time they started going to church and working on the poor finances because they had a financial issue the last time. Mm Mm-hmm. And little Dougie's parents were super pissed that they got remarried. I'm sure. Yeah. Or rekindled their relationship. My bad. Whatever. So Doug asked them for money to buy a house and they refused. Yay, Mama and Papa Doug. Yeah. Doug Sr. and Sue, that was their names. They had already spent thousands of dollars bailing him out financially um, after Kelly caused the last marriage and they were not going to encourage another union unfortunately that did not stop Doug from repeating his past mistakes and he remarried remarried Kelly on in May 1995 okay Doug (laughs) this reconciliation was short-lived and by September they were separated and Kelly was dating Greg again Okay. So I don't know what was wrong with Doug. Maybe something happened to him in the military, concussion, but bless his fucking heart. <laughs> in the beginning of 1996, Kelly convinced Doug to get back together again. What the fuck? Doug, honey, Doug, Doug, no. I feel like I just want to grab his hands and go look into my eyes. No. No, grab his face. Grab his grab face. Grab his face mm-hmm. and go, no, no, no. No, 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 no. You know what he needs? A Belinda. He needs an older sister, Belinda, mm-hmm. in his mm-hmm. life to go, no, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And Doug was completely committed to his marriage and his family, and he gave Kelly the one thing she had always dreamed of. A child. She had three of those crotch goblins. <laughs> crotch goblins. Continue. A house. Oh, Okay. He took out a high-interest loan and bought her a small three-bedroom ranch house in Auburn, Georgia. Nice. He embraced his role as the suburban husband and dad doing house and yard work and playing with the kids. While Kelly embraced Greg. Uh, Wait, okay, so Doug is doing this and she's with Greg? Yep. What? What is in... Okay, I'm going to have my own SP. What is her vagina like as to how she could keep these men doing these things? Am I wrong? Is she that good in bed? Like, what the fuck? What man in his right mind would be like, you know what? I'm going to be a total house husband for this bitch who's screwing this other guy. He doesn't know about Greg. He does. How do you not know about Greg? How do you not know? What? I don't know. Mm. Hmm. That's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. That's my southern judgment. Bless his motherfucking heart. You know what I mean? Bless your heart. I, I, I know. I tried to bless his fucking heart. <laughs> wow. Continue. Now I really want to know where this goes. Three short months after Doug and Kelly moved into their new house, 
On Friday, February 7th, 1997, Kelly took the kids over to Maxine's house because she was going out that night with work friends and Doug was going to a friend's house to work on a car. Doug decided to head home around 10 p.m. because the next day he planned on doing some work for the church. <sighs> Kelly went to dinner in a dance club with her three friends. After about an hour at the club, she said she felt like something bad was going to happen and went home around midnight. Friends call the popo now because this because the red flag does not get any bigger than this. Something bad is going to happen and she rushes home. But she's not a psychic and she's the main attraction of the shit show. <laughs> she is the main attraction of the shit show. I love it. I love that. Fucking main character vibes over what here. What the fuck was I drinking when I wrote this? <laughs> she does not... She doesn't feel... <clears throat> what is it? I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Shockingly, Doug was not home when Kelly woke up the next morning. Kelly made several calls, including to Doug's parents, and couldn't find him. Mid-morning, a mystery reports person had been filed. Okay. And for once, the investigation started the same day the missing person's report was filed. Is it because he's a white male? Probably. There it is. And there was a group sent to search the route Doug would have taken the night before on the way home, as well as statements were taken from friends and family. One of the first people that the police spoke to was Kelly. And in her statement, she described her marriage as free of problems and issues. I'm sure. I'm sure she did. That would have been great if the rest of the family and their friends had not told the police in their statements the complete opposite. I.e. the truth. You know how busy, you know how Kelly was busy with her Sancho Greg? <laughs> Sancho. <laughs> by, by Sunday, so, okay, by Sunday, so the next day, Greg's car was found in Gwinnett County, burned from the inside out on a dirt road. Wait, Greg or Doug? Doug. Did I say Greg? I yeah. Meant, I meant Doug. So Doug's car was found burnt out. Okay, that's not good. By Sunday. That's so not good. the next day. Ugh. Already the next day they found Doug's car burned from the inside out. Oh god. Thankfully Doug was not in the car and the search continued. When the car was located, friends and family gathered at Doug's parents' house for support. Kelly and the kids were there, but then, you know, she said it's been real and it's been fun, but I can't say it's been real fun and bounced with the kids and went to the circus. Wait, literally? Literally, they went to the circus. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sure, that's what you do. <laughs> From my seat, I'm watching a circus, but to each their own. I'm just going to put my head in my hands while you finish the rest of this because I'm it's hurting my brain. The stupidity is like... Maybe it's that we're, we're a little more conditioned with all the proliferance of true crime now, but holy shit. What? That's the first thing you do? Eh, let's go to the circus. <laughs> Daddy's yeah. missing. His car's been burned, but let's go to the Guys, I just gotta relax and take my mind off this bullshit. You know what'll do it? 
the circus. You know what I find more stressful than a missing husband? The fucking circus with those fucking clowns. <laughs> the clowns. The clowns and the fucking, like, horrible food. Like, for some reason, they fed you, like, cardboard popcorn and the fucking light sticks and shit. First they were just all, awful. I would go for the um, cotton candy, but... You gotta get through those fucking clowns to get some cotton candy, and I don't know if I can do it. That's true. That is so true. Goddamn clowns. <laughs> Let's move past. Let's move past. Keep so going. I don't know this. Kelly is heartless, but she did a couple of TV interviews before she went back to work on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Four days later, after he was reported. Missing. Interesting. She went back to work. Mm. Okay. Ship hall. A mile from where they found Doug's car, his body was found 12 days later on the side of the road. Oh. Super shit pothole. Super, super shit pothole. You might want to hit that little button on the right. Skips ahead. That skips ahead. Because... I'm about to tell you about Doug's body. Just skip ahead for a hot second. He was on his knees, bent at the waist, with his head and his shoulders leaning forward, and leaning forward, his forehead lying on the dirt, almost like the child's pose in yoga. Right. And so during the autopsy, they had used dental records to identify Doug because you know animals. Yeah. And he was stabbed four times in the scalp, neck, and shoulders. Holy shit. Okay, SP's over. You can come back now. The police department is like, boom. Okay, now it's a murder. Cool, we can get on with interviewing um, 25 more people than we were before. And they added more people every day. So they had interviewed people. So they added 25 more people. They interviewed... And then they were adding even more people every day. Oh, got it. Okay. They were like... Boom, we on this, bro. Right, we're going to figure this shit out. Mm -hmm. The cops weren't playing. So the case went from missing persons to murder. Naturally. So Kelly thought, hey, I need to make sure they understand that I didn't do it. Sure. Because, you know, that's what a concerned wife would do. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what everybody who commits murder does. Well, yeah, no. We don't know if she committed murder, Amanda. What we know is... She's super concerned, and she just wants to make sure. Right? Right. Yeah. Chill. Super chill. So, she asked to meet with the investigators to clarify some of the things that she said. Oh, for sure. Yeah. In her first statement. Of course. A.K.A. I might have told some of those alternate facts before, and I need to make sure you know that the second alternate facts versions of the story I'm gonna tell. Right, of course, yeah. Just double checking what you know versus what I'm about to tell you right now, which is the reality Mm -hmm. of what I want you to know. Uh Uh-huh. Gotcha. So this time she admitted that her marriage was not perfect, and during their separation she had been with Greg. Um, and you will not believe this, but when Kelly got back together with Doug, Greg threatened to kill Doug. Okay. That's what she's telling the cops. You're not going to believe this. Mm. 
you know, when I was separated, I was with Greg and you're not going to believe this, but actually when I decided to get back together with Doug, Greg threatened to kill him. Hmm. Of course she fucking said that. Of course, yeah. Because Doug's dead now and they have to know that she didn't do it. Right, yeah. So we're going to tell them anything but her. Mm-hmm. Anyone but her. They throw them off her stint. Of course. And she was only ever in contact with Greg because he's the one that continued to call her. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. A, a perfect scapegoat. Mm-hmm. And are we shocked But the investigators did not buy what she was selling? Yeah. And they did not remove her from the suspect list. Good, good call, guys. Yay. Right. So one would think she would mind her P's and Q's, but she had a little chat to clear things up, so she thought she was golden. Mm-hmm. So she was like, I don't have to behave. I'm good. So at Doug's funeral... She was over an hour late to the graveside services after the funeral home service. I'm just, I'm closing my eyes because I'm mad that she's so fucking stupid. So you know how you have the funeral home? Yeah. And then you go to the graveside. Yeah. And you all go together. Yeah. And the wife is normally in a In the first fucking car. Yeah, the first car. Behind the hearse. Mm -hmm, Yeah. mm -hmm. How can you be late? She was What are you doing? Well. How can you be late? You're literally the first fucking car. Well, gee, I can tell you what she was doing. Mm. Greg? I mean, (laughs) she didn't get lost at the back of the processional. Um, fuck, Fuck me. I don't know if I can say this with a straight face. That's okay. Now, what is it? She stopped for a bite to eat and to pick up a few tchotchkes at the Cracker Barrel. Shut the fuck up. She went to the Cracker Barrel? <laughs> this bitch went to the Cracker Barrel in between the funeral and the cemetery. Shut the fuck up. No, she didn't. No, she didn't. Girl. <laughs> like, I mean, I love me some Cracker Barrel too, but holy shit. What? Tell me, do they know her order? Now I really want to know. I want to know what was like the thing that she could not live without. I, I don't know. And I what mean, she bought. You I know mean, what I mean? She needed some tchotchkes. She needed some home-cooked food to fuel her sad soul. It better be the bacon. That's all I'm going to say. If it's not the fucking bacon, incorrect. That is fucking incorrect, Kelly. Uh, jail. Jail immediately. What the fuck? I mean, she didn't even stop at, like, the Sizzler. She went to the Cracker Barrel. What, the Sizzler's better? Stopping anywhere. What, Luby's? Like, what the fuck? No. Your job Your job at this point, if you're going to go from fake, the funeral home to the thank you. site. That's your job is to fucking fake that shit. Fake some tears. And just be like, oh my god. And then go to the Cracker Barrel. Then, and then get your tchotchkes. Yeah, because at that point people are like, oh, she's grieving. You know, she's probably hungry. She's had a long day. She right. probably didn't eat breakfast. Her blood sugar's getting low. low. Nobody's going to judge you for that. But no, you decide that you're going to go to the Cracker Barrel. <laughs> oh my god. That's a good one, though. That's the best one I've ever heard. Hell yeah, dude. That is fucking amazing. Oh my God. I can't even with that mess. Okay. 
like oh god just please keep going i could go on for about that for hours i know so the police kept living their best life and talked to greg since kelly said greg threatened to kill doug but guess what greg had a solid alibi his roommate confirmed that Greg was at home the whole night until 9 a.m. the next day when he was picked up by a friend the night Doug went missing. So, looks like the boyfriend's not the cunt. If, mm. if you had him on your list, mark him off. Well, I mean, I think we know who the cunt is at this point. Oh, wait. Keep him on your list. Because um, the roommate later recanted. What? And said that Greg did leave the apartment on the night of the murder and he didn't see him again until 8 a.m. ruh row. What the? Okay. Back to the police station. Yeah. Greg comes clean because it's a big-ass problem. March 24th, 1997 is when Greg sang like, an, like a canary. The police already thought um, Kelly knew what happened to her husband, and according to um, the records, Kelly and Greg talked to each other 47 times during the days before Greg, before Doug was murdered. And even though, according to Kelly, Greg initiated all the calls, she seemed to forgot the 18 times she called him. Hmm. At first, Greg refused to answer any questions, but then they brought out the tried and true good old plea deal. Oh, yep. Take the plea, bitch. Take, take the plea. Seriously, take the plea. Take the plea. They don't, they're only going to bring it out if they can take you down. That's correct. They got you on more shit. If they offer you a plea deal, that means take the fucking plea. Mm -hmm. So for testifying against Kelly and confessing to murdering Doug, he would get life with parole after 25 years instead of the death sentence. Mm. Once the plea deal was signed, he told about how he killed Doug and that care. Kelly planned all of it. Greg killed Doug? Greg killed Doug. Kelly planned all of it. Oh, shit. She made sure that Doug um, bought her a house and that they were all moved in nice and cozy before they killed Doug. Holy shit, that was pre-planned pre the house? Mm-hmm. Damn. Kelly also wanted to make sure that she had an alibi in place for the night of the murder. Girl, this is first degree. That's intent up the ass. That's so much intent. So now's the time to ask the same question we always ask. Why doesn't she just divorce him? Because murder is never the answer. What, again, if you're thinking about, man, I really hate this bitch, or man, that guy sucks ass. I really just want him out of my life. Divorce them. Okay, but I have an answer this time. Mm. Because Greg actually asked Kelly that. And she said it was because Doug would have never left her alone. Oh my God. No, that's an excuse, girl. No. It, no. What she's doing there is putting, again, the blame on the dead person. Yeah. The victim can't blaming. answer for himself. Correct. <laughs> yeah, because that makes total sense, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So on the night of the murder, Kelly picked up Greg, drove him to her house, led him inside, gave him the nightstick and the knife that was used on Doug, told him to make it look like a robbery, and then she went out to dinner and clubbing with her friends. Okay. Greg just kind of chilled at the house until Doug got home about 11-ish. And then Greg held the knife to Doug's neck and made him drive them out to Luke Edwards Road like Kelly told him to. 
Then um, Greg McDoug walk up an embankment into the woods. Ship pothole, ship pothole. He then told Doug to get on his knees and um, hit him over the head with the nightstick and then proceeded to stab him. Ooh. To add insult to injury, Greg took his wedding ring and watched before leaving him to bleed to death. Ooh, honey. Greg then just cruised around town till he got a page from Kelly. Yes, pagers. Oh, my glory. With the special murder code they had set up. Oh, I put, I bet Jesse never had a pager. And I'm going to have to Google image one for her. Oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, I did not have a pager. Mirror. I I was just young. Okay, so when I grew up, I was sheltered. I need to keep going back and back and back. I was a very sheltered child, and I only ever got a cell phone by when I started working at 17, so my parents would know, hey, I'm at work, hey, I'm at school, hey, I'm at work, right? But it was that Nokia 3000 bullshit, like giant-ass brick. And not only was, well, it wasn't the brick phone, but it was like, you know, it was... The yeah. indestructible phone. Yeah. But not only did my parents get me that one, they got me the fucking massive charger. You remember this charger? This charger was like at least an inch or two thick on the back of this motherfucking phone. So I had to find... And then I myself... Remember they had like the, the cases you could snap on the front? Mm-hmm. And remember those like Britney Spears, Justin Timberlake, all that shit? I didn't have one of those, unfortunately. But what I had was the... um the sleeve, the silicone sleeve over uh-huh, it, mm-hmm. but it barely fit. Uh, anyway, point is that's my first, and that was like in the, you know, murder thousands. Um, but anyway, so I wanted a pager. I remember looking at the pagers and go, oh, it's sick. Cause they had those pagers that were like see-through and green and blue. Oh, remember? Yeah, see, look, it says FYI, my first page was see-through green. Oh, what? See, I knew it. I knew it. And I had to save up all my babysitting money from the summer to buy it. And then I lied about being 18 to be able to buy it. And they didn't even ID me. They were like, give me the Wait, cash and here you, you go. You had to be 18 to buy a pager? Uh-huh. Why? Because it was like a monthly service. And yeah. you, had to be eight, you have to be 18 to sign any contracts. But what if you have a job at 16 and you need to fuck a pager? Your parents have to sign the contract. What about cell phones? Probably the same thing. Huh. I didn't know that. Huh. But at least you got the good one. You got the green see-through one. Remember, our phones were that way, too. Back in the day, they didn't check IDs for shit like that. Sorry, kids. Yeah. You didn't live through the good times. Mm Mm-hmm. Nowadays, I get carded for my allergy meds when I go to Target and shit. God, you get carded for a few by whiteout. I'm like, I'll go to the counter to get the good allergy medicine behind the pharmacy counter. Yeah. And you got to swipe your driver's license. I'm like, look, bitches, I'm not making meth. I have a family of five and we all feel like ass because it's central Texas in the middle of fucking August. I, you almost just want to look at them and like, do you know where we live right now? Do I'm you like, know where we live? I'm like, look at my face. Does it look like I'm making meth or does it look like I'm a haggard mom of three? <laughs> yeah, seriously. This, this is not... What you think? Yeah, exactly. Ugh. Anyhow, yeah. So, when he got Kelly's text, his her murder text, he knew it meant to meet her on Luke, Luke Edwards Road where he had killed Doug because Kelly wanted to see for herself that Doug was dead. Oh my God. So they hiked up the embankment for her viewing 
And when she was satisfied, they took the kerosene, Kelly's contribution, and set Doug's car on fire. Afterwards, they went to different phone booths and made phone calls around the same time. I, I can't make this shit up. Uh, why, I, why they did this? Why? I don't know why they made phone calls from phone booths. It makes no sense to me. And then she took him home and they agreed to lay low and not see each other for a while. No, instead she's decided to go to the Cracker Barrel. Mm-hmm. On the day of her husband's fucking funeral. <laughs> Super low key. I'm surprised she didn't make a phone call from a payphone on the way there. I don't know. Oh, God. So the police did not dilly-dally arresting Kelly. They were like, fish, please. Yeah, goodbye. And they showed up at her house. Early in the morning, the early morning hours of February 25th, to arrest her and search the house. Um, guess what? Kelly had yet a third story to tell. Oh, good. Okay. Uh-huh. Because, you know, the second one, those were just alternate facts, too. See, see what had happened was... Um, you know, she, when she went to set the record straight, she just got confused. Mm. And her story this time is the actual story, because she saw Greg the night of the murder... Because he called her and she went to pick him up. Um, when she did, that's when he told her what he did. And he threatened to kill her and the kids too. Mm. So then she's like, oh my God, I'll go along with whatever plan you have. Uh-huh, which uh-huh, is, uh-huh, oh, okay, well uh-huh, I'm going to have uh-huh. to kill your husband because yeah. I want to be with you. Yeah. Um, wow, how hard was that to put together? Yeah, no one believed her story. Yeah, no shit. And she was charged with murder, felony murder, Mm -hmm. and possession of a knife during the commission of a felony. Ooh, yeah. And what's the difference between murder and felony murder, you ask? I'm going to tell you. Please. So the legal definition of murder is an intentional killing that is unlawful and committed with malice aforethought. Okay. Malice aforethought doesn't mean that there is anger or hate. It is if there is no legal justification or excuse. In most states, malice aforethought isn't just used for intentional killings. It can be used if a killer intentionally inflicts serious bodily harm that causes the victim's death or behaves in a way that shows extreme recklessness, disregard for life, and results in the victim's death. Felony murder is just when a murder is committed during a felony, such as arson, rape, robbery, and burglary. Mm. And this rule is usually limited felonies that are inherently or foreseeably dangerous to human life okay got it um so she stood by her innocence and she even turned down a plea deal similar to greg's because she was innocent oh yeah this is when hubris girl you need to stop being no incorrect seriously people stop it if you're offered a plea deal you're about to go to jail if you did it or not yeah for a very fucking long time So, even though there are no women currently on death row, the prosecution was seeking the death penalty. Mm, Sure they were. If she was found guilty. So, Kelly's trial began November 2nd, 1998, and the jury was made up of 10 women and two men. Mm. They had um, been sequestered, and TV cameras were allowed in the courtroom. The prosecution's number one witness, of course, was Greg, and his court testimony matched... His confession minus two details. Hmm. The first being that in court he said Kelly was there when he murdered Doug. And in the statement, um, they met there so she could make sure Greg 
I'm sorry, Doug was dead. And the second difference was in court, Greg said Kelly tossed a Coke bottle of kerosene out the window and he retrieved it and burned the car alone. But in his statement, they burned the car together. Mm. Those were the only two differences between his statement and what he testified to in court. Okay. So I'm kind of believing Greg. Yeah. Also, at this point, he's like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to do my 25. And Hopefully, I'm get, get the fuck out. out. Hopefully. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Um. So they had another witness, Laura McDuffie. Laura was another inmate, and she testified that Kelly confided in her. And Kelly said, Kelly asked for help finding a witness who would take the fall. And say that she was with Greg that night, not Kelly. This is making me so mad. Like, I could I could do this better. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what's making me mad. Maybe that's wrong. Maybe it's because I've watched way too much to cry. But I'm just like, shit, if I was going to do this, I would do none of these things. What You think people in jail are not going to roll on your ass to get a reduced sentence? 100% they're going to roll on you. Never talk. But guess what? Okay, do you want to know how much she was willing to pay for someone to take her felony murder charge? I'm going to go up $25,000. Ten grand. She's lowballing these motherfuckers. Are you serious? Where, plus, where she's getting the money? Where is she going to get that money? Exactly. First of all, I'm going to roll on you because you lowballing me. Thank you. Thank you. No. Fucker. <laughs> Girl, you get whatever you deserve. Like, you just dumb. This is just dumb. Like, this isn't even smart. Do you know what I mean? You want to know how dumb she was? Not only was she lowballing, but she wanted to be as helpful as possible to the person that was going to take the fall for her. Mm-hmm. So, she provided a map of her house and a handwritten script of the what the witness should say. <laughs> so, Laura, being the criminal that she is... Turn this shit in. And an expert witness testified that the script was written by Kelly. Yeah. Because Laura's not a fucking idiot. She's like, hey, cool. Can this knock five years off my sentence? Great. Uh-huh. Yep. So other witnesses for the prosecution testified about Kelly's affair with Greg and how cold she was when she found out about Doug's death. And um, one of Kelly's BFFs, Pam, testified she received a call from Kelly while she was in jail. And Kelly told her she killed Doug, but then called again and said that Greg forced her to do so by threatening to kill her and the kids. So I'm thinking this is like the fourth story she's told by now. Yeah. Well, she yeah, also yeah. probably realized, holy shit, this is actually probably a recorded conversation. So I got to call her back. Yeah. I, I, I hope just she gotta answers my collect call. Double um, check real quick here and make sure she understands that I didn't really mean that. So, how long do you think it took um, the jury to convict her? Y'all better not have taken a lunch break. I'm going to go two hours. Two hours to oh. return a guilty verdict. Oh, oh, man. I'm getting good at this shit. So, how many hours do you think it took them to sentence her? <sighs> One hour. Two hours. Oh, man. What do okay. you think they sentenced her with? Life. Death penalty. Oh, shit. Really? They don't play in Georgia. Okay. Georgia, you don't play around. No shit. So her attorney argued that her sentence was disproportionate compared to that of her co-defendant. 
Fuck me, of course it was. He wasn't fucking stupid and he knew he was going to face the death penalty and took the fucking plea deal. 100%. So of course it was disproportionate, you dumb motherfucker. Yeah. Oh, sorry about that. No, that's, I mean, that's, uh, yeah, of course it's disproportionate. She's the mastermind behind all of this. This was not Greg's intent. Greg's her intent. Yeah, Greg should never have the same sense she should have anyways. But anywho, he was smart and took the deal. He was like, oh, they going to get me. They going they to send me to death. Of course they going to get me. I, where do I sign for my deal? He's not a Tell me idiot. where to sign. Yeah. Blue pen, pink pen, yellow right. pen. I don't give a shit. What, what do you need? Okay, cool. Yep. You blood, blood sample, fingerprint. What do you want? Yep. Here it is. So, <laughs> while in prison, and... <laughs> This gets better. Can't make this shit up. In 2011, Kelly earned a certificate from the Theological Studies Program run by the Atlanta Theological Association. Crime author Lynn Riddle has said that she was, and I'm quoting, I'm quoting, Hmm. the best example of a prisoner being rehabilitated. I can't eye roll hard enough. She She canceled canceled counseled not canceled she counseled other inmates and talked an inmate out of committing suicide good for her there was a petition urging the governor nathan deal to halt the execution saying kelly had turned her life around in prison she and i'm quoting again has been a pastoral presence to many teaching preaching and living a life of purpose Kelly has Kelly is a limit, living testament to the possibility of change and the power of hope. She is an exemplary example of the rehabilitation of the corrections system aims to produce. End quote. Um, I don't know if I'm buying what they're selling. Can we all agree that no one actually gets rehabilitated in prison? Not in the U.S. prisons. Nope. Nope. It's penalization only. Sorry. It's a money-making I mean, situation. A hundred percent. And granted, I'm not saying a grand we can't blanket statement. Sure, there are some people who come out and do better for themselves, and at fucking awesome. But highly dubious in this case. Like, are you serious, Kelly? Come on, this bitch. She was trying to get her execution stopped. Well, of course she was. Of course she was. Who wouldn't? In her situation. So she's like, how am I going to do this? Oh, I know. Good behavior. I'm going to get on the top of the list. I'm going to get the Jesus track. Exactly. Jesus track. Yep. Ugh. So her scheduled execution date was February 25th, 2015. But it got delayed due to bad weather. What the fuck? What is that? What what, what is that? Are they wheeling her outside? Like, Like, are they they hanging her? Are we? I don't even know. (sighs) Okay. So, anywho. So she was rescheduled for March 2nd, 2015. The Pope even wrote a letter to the parole board on her behalf to try to get her stay of execution without success. The Pope? The Pope. This was the Pope. The German Pope, right? Not, not Francis? The Pope. Okay. Wow. Um, wow. So <laughs> Doug and Kelly's kids have advocated for her all the way up until the end. In a statement, her daughter has even said, 
and I quote, my dad would not want my mom to be executed, even knowing her role in his murder. He would not want us to endure another devastating loss. Uh, nope. I'm pretty sure he doesn't feel that way. I'm pretty sure he doesn't feel anything because your mother killed him. And I'm pretty sure if if there, if he, if he, he's a ghosty mm -hmm. or spirit hanging out, he's hanging out to watch her fry. I mean... That was pretty insensitive. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's... Again, we're not the children, so how they feel is very valid. You know, yes. they're absolutely entitled to those feelings. And as a person looking outside, looking in, it, I don't feel that way. <laughs> yeah. I just don't. I mean, yeah. you can feel however you want. Yeah. And yeah, loss of life is awful. I don't agree with the death penalty. It doesn't really show that it does anything necessarily. But... I also don't think that there should be people doing this kind of thing on the planet that should be allowed to live in society at yeah. the same time. Yeah. You so, know what I mean? Like, hmm. So her kids actually had to choose between advocating for her stay of execution or being there during her execution. Oh, God. Okay, that's awful. That's, so that's bad. They actually chose to be fighting for her to have a stay yeah. than to be there. I don't blame them. Because um, that would be hard to watch. No matter how you feel about her, that would be very hard to watch. So the last time they saw her face-to-face, -face, her youngest son asked her to tell the truth because um, what did she have to lose? So yeah. Kelly did confess to planning every aspect of Doug's murder. And after a few 11th hour appeals and delays, Kelly Renee Glassdan Glassdancer? Yes. Um, it was Georgia's only woman on death row was executed by lethal injection on September 29th, 2015. Wow. Kelly was the first woman executed in Georgia in 70 years since Lena Baker was executed in 1945 by the electric chair. Whoa. Shit hot hole. Do you want to know her final statement? I do. She apologized. Oh. To an amazing, and I quote, to an amazing man who lost his life. Because of, who lost his life because of her. And as she was being executed, she was singing Amazing Grace. Oh, honey. Oh, my God. That's, that's the story of Miss Kelly? That's Miss Kelly's story. Oh, my God. That was a fucking trip, man. Damn, you know how to pick them. I'm just going to say, I do hope that she did find peace in the end. I hope that was not an act. I'm, sh I'm assuming not because, I mean, shit, you got your deaths literally staring you in the face at that point. So it sounds like it was real. But still, the fucking in-between with the stupid shit. What are you doing? What are you doing? What's happening here? I mean, I... <sighs> I really think, I mean, if you go back and look at her childhood, I really think she just needed that validation from men. And she was getting it from not one, but two. Yeah. And she didn't want to be rejected again. And she was going to be rejected again from Doug. Yeah. Because he was going to find out from about Greg. Sure. And he was going to leave her again. And she couldn't handle that rejection. So instead of being rejected again, 
what's the other option? Mm-hmm. And divorce is definitely rejection because there's this whole thing and you know this in and out and then the, the whole signing paperwork and bullshit. It's and a he, lot of work. Yeah. You know, and even if she were to divorce him, like it's still a form of like she didn't want to let him go because she needed that validation. Mm-hmm. Got it. That makes sense. Damn, that's still fucking crazy. I feel for the kids in this. Like I do. And cuz they were obviously like so messed up. There's a lot of drama in their childhood. I mean, holy crap. And they're still, you know, they still have to live with what they did, and so I intentionally just left. They're oh. all adults now. Yeah, they're but all I'll- your age. I left them all out yeah but also they have to live with the fact that their mom i mean it has to be horrible horrible like seeing your mom or hearing that your mom is going to be executed and then knowing it i mean that's awful so i feel for them damn it's a good story it was good well i like to tell a good story (laughs) you ready to hear about a mom who's not a complete fucking idiot i would love to hear about a mom that's a not a complete fucking idiot because you know that depresses me. Are you ready? Yes. We're going to talk today about Jacinda Ardern. Do you know who that is? I don't know who that is. You do? She's the Prime Minister of New Zealand. <gasps> I want to move there. I know. And raise sheep. Are you ready? Yes. Let's get into it. Maybe she'll accept us into their country after I, this. Uh, well, we'll get into that. They're on lockdown again, but I'm hoping yes. Well, yes. You want to know why they're on lockdown? One case of COVID. I know. We're going to get into it. That's why I want to move there. I agree. Okay, go. <laughs> She was born July 26, 1980. She is 40 years old. She's 41. 41 years old. So, I mean, you know, she's essentially your sister. That's what we're going to say. She was born in Hamilton, New Zealand, and the last of two daughters, and they grew up as a Mormon family. I know. I was shocked. I was like, Mormon? Really? Okay. Okay. Um, her father, Ross Ardern, worked as a police officer. Her mother, Laurel Ardern, and Laurel spoke with two L's, which I love, um, worked at a school catering, as a school catering assistant. Um, they, in Hamilton, New Zealand, they actually grew up in the um, Murupara district. Okay, so it's kind of like a, I'm going to say subdivision because it's the only way to know how to kind of describe it. Okay. Um, it's a small town known at the, as best known as the center of the Maori uh, gang activity in New Zealand. So they have gangs in New Zealand. I know. I always. I know. We we like glamorize New Zealand because we, like we always see like the good things. But yeah, there's a Maori gang situation going on there in okay. specifically this town. And surprise, surprise, indigenous people are never treated well, no matter what fucking country they're in. So of course, Maori people are like get fucked. We're gonna make our own gangs and be our own people and we don't appreciate colonialism but anyway you know like yeah yeah so she grew up um where she saw and i'm quoting children without shoes on their feet anything to eat for lunch um and this actually inspired her to eventually enter politics it's kind of like when you grew up seeing that kind of stuff she was like man i want to make a difference you know yeah um so her dad actually went from a police officer to new zealand's government's High Commissioner in 2014 on the island of Niu, I'm hoping I'm saying that right, and moved his family to Morinsville, southeast of Auckland on New Zealand's North Island, where she attended primary and secondary school. Um, I love this word so much. She matriculated. 
just means she like graduated or like moved up to the University of Waikato in 1999. Matriculated, say it. It's Matriculated. Isn't it fun to say? No. <laughs> you don't think so? No. <laughs> they say it in Canada too. Matriculated. I matriculated to ninth grade. I matriculated to college. Sounds dirty. What? How does that sound dirty? Oh, I can see it now. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Please don't tell me you did that ever again. Yeah, I won't do that. Taking our friendship to a whole new level. <laughs> Even before earning her bachelor's degree in communication studies in 2001, she began her association with the Labor Party in 99 at the age of 17. So the Labor Party is to them what essentially the Democratic Party is to us. Yeah. The Labor Party believes, and this is current, keeping New Zealand safe from COVID, again, new policy, securing her economic recovery, COVID policy. Um, and these are ones that are kind of from what I could tell, kind of standard, lifting children out of poverty. They deal with the housing crisis, climate change, and working with Maori people. And again, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that. Um, I had to actually look it up, and Maori, I believe is how you say it, Maori, so I apologize if I'm like fucking that shit up. Um, I digress. Recently, Jacinda announced uh, Parliament's newest ministers Monday, including the appointment of Nanina Mahuta to the role of Minister of Foreign Affairs, the nation's first indigenous woman to hold the position. And currently, Maori make up about 24% of the parliament with eight Maori MPs in the National Party and 13 in the Labor Party. Um, again, this is extremely recent, like 2020, 2021, but you know, again, that's kind of the whole jazz with them is we want equality, we want these people to have a voice, and this is what they did. Going back in time now. Following her college graduation, Jacinda became a researcher for another labor MP, Phil Goff. That experience would lead to a position on the staff of the Prime Minister at the time, Helen Clark, and she was the second woman to hold New Zealand's highest office, her and then Jacinda's political hero and mentor. So this is how she got into that world, how she kind of was able to rise up and then eventually become prime minister herself, right? So in 2005, she embarked on an overseas experience, an extended working trip to Britain. Um, and this is actually like a rite of passage for the kids in New Zealand. Um, and it's, it's mainly, obviously, for upper and middle class kids. So essentially, you know, after school, you can go and travel abroad kind of thing. Does it have to be Britain or just... No, it could be anywhere, from what I understand. She just chose Britain. Um, so essentially, instead of like working in like a pub or a warehouse, um, she actually worked for two and a half years in the cabinet of the British Prime Minister. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so she could have been doing fun things with that whole two years, you know, and like literally touring Europe, but she was like, nah, that's like, I'm, I'm in. And, um, that prime minister was Tony Blair. Oh. Yeah. So she was all up in that jazz, right? Whenever 2003 happened and all the 2004 with, you know, W. Yeah. We all remember that time. Um, she even served as an associate uh, director for Better Regulation Executive for the primary responsibility of improving the ways in which local authorities interact with small businesses. And then in 2007, she was elected president of the International Union of Socialist Youth. 
a position that took her to Algeria, China, India, Israel, Jordan, and Lebanon. Wow. So she is very well read. She has seen different cultures and people. She's studied people and their cultures, and she's taken a lot in. So in other words, she has a big worldview. Yeah. Which is good for a politician. This is important. (laughs) Extremely important. So then in 2008, she was chosen as the Labor Party's candidate for the MP of the Waikato District, a seat that historically had been beyond their reach, um, and she lost by 13,000 votes. So not enough. She almost got there. She entered, besides that, as a candidate um, for parliament. Um, New Zealand has this this interesting, again, it's different from the U.S. They have a mixed member proportional election system. And I'm going to, I had to look it up because I was like, what? It allows candidates who run for a district seat also to be on a party's list of candidates from which 49 MPs or, you know, uh, looks like member people essentially are chosen in proportion to the number of votes received by their party. So essentially a true democracy. Okay. So you're only like chosen by the number of votes you receive and that is your party's section of the government. That's how I understand it. Um, At 28, she entered the House of Representatives as its youngest member. In her maiden speech, she called for the introduction of compulsory instruction in Maori language in New Zealand schools. And she also basically destroyed the, the New Zealand government for what she characterized as its shameful response to climate change. Wow. Which, again, this was what, 2009, 10? So well above where we are right now with that whole situation. Yeah. I think it makes sense, though, the Maori language being taught in schools. It's like Spanish being taught here. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't it? It should what, be. What are you going to learn? French? You know, the many French people, you know, in New Zealand? I don't know. <laughs> makes sense. Why wouldn't you? Um, again, 2011, she ran for the seat representing Auckland, Auckland Central. Um, and she lost by only 717 votes this time. Wow. It was dubbed, uh, this is what sucks about being a woman, the Battle of the Babes, because Ugh. she won against a woman. Uh, she ran against a woman, and I guess she must have been attractive as well. I don't know. It's a pain in the ass. That's but stupid. Yeah. Battle of the Babes. Bruh, you wouldn't say that about two dudes. I would. I would call it the... Who are the two dudes you would pick, though, for the Battle of the... Of the, let's say the Battle of the Bros. I mean, obviously, Justin Trudeau. That's hands down going to happen. Because he's hot as shit. He can get it. <laughs> I don't know. I was just trying to come up with a name. Who the hell else is hot in politics? Nobody. 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 I just was trying to come up with a name. <laughs> and I couldn't do it. So let's move on. I, I'm sorry. I let you down. <laughs> You're fine. So... Jacinda is opposed to her Mormon upbringing. Heads up. Oh. Yeah, trust me. She saw enough of the world to go, mm, 
And I was a little worried about that one. No, yeah, don't worry. And the the other thing she's also against is their stand on homosexuality and same-sex marriage. That was the main kind of thing. She was like, nah, that's not going to work for me. Um, She also gained notoriety, get this, by performing as a DJ. She was also involved in a relationship with a broadcast personality, Clark Gayford, who in 2016 became the host of Fish of the Day, a part fishing, part travel t- TV program that took him to like exotic places throughout the Pacific. Jacinda was also kind of like not into the whole, oh, she's a hot politician shit. She was like, I mean, I don't really care, you know? She characterizes herself as an acceptable nerd <laughs> and described her approach to life as relentlessly positive, which all of that I'm in love with. I just think it's great. Yes. So keep that keep that guy's name in your head, Clark Gayford. Okay. All right, so they met around 2016. 2017, she finally ran for office for prime minister, and she won. She won a landslide victory in the parliamentary by-election for the vacant seat representing the solidly labor district of Mount Albert in Auckland. When Labor Party's deputy leader, Annette King, announced her resignation, Jacinda was a unanimous... Yeah, I can't say that word. Unanimously. Thank you. Elected as her replacement. So that is how she became prime, prime minister. minister. Exactly, in 2017. In October of that year, at age 37, she became the country's youngest prime minister in more than 150 years. And then on January 19th of 2018, she announced that she was pregnant and expecting her first child Aww. in June with Mr. Clark Gayford. Yeah. Her partner. How cute. So she's, she's dating a, a DJ, essentially. A radio guy. I know, his name is Clark. With an E. <laughs> I know, I love it. Griswold. I know, I was thinking Clark Griswold too. Oh God, so good. Um, so on June 21st, 2018, she gave birth to a girl. What did they name her? Oh God. Claire. No, they did not name her Claire. Isabel. Get ready. Um, her daughter's given name is... Fire. Neve Tay. Aroha. And get this. Neve, N-E-V-E, I'm hoping I'm saying it right, is an anglicized form of the Irish name Niam, meaning bright. Aroha, A-R-O-H-A, is Maori for love. And Te Aroha is the mountain in the Kaimai Range near Jacinda's hometown of Morinsville. Aww. So it all means something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every single one, right? Only till recently, in 2019, did they both announce that they were engaged to be married. Aww. I know. It's cute. And then, guess what happened? COVID. Oh my God. Cute. Our favorite and dear friend, COVID. I love Rona. I know. It's the best. I love her so much. Yeah. That I hope she sticks around forever. It's the best. And if you cannot tell sarcasm, that's all fucking sarcasm. We hate this shit. We want it to be over. O-B-E-R. Over. Over. So COVID happened. And 
Huge, She's been handling it like a boss. Like a fucking boss. So let's go back to her hometown. And there was actually a story here that I had to read that happened right June 2020, whenever shit was getting real. Um, the gangs in the town, by the way, there were two that I could find. The Mongrel Mob, or otherwise known as the Mighty <laughs> Mongrel Mob. I know it's great. They got great names, man. It's an organized... And all we have is the blood and the cribs. Oh, we got some good ones. You know, but, but, you know, nothing like the mongrel mob. I'll give them that. It sounds fun. It's probably horrendous, but it sounds fun. If we ever go to New Zealand, they're going to find us. I know, right? We're sorry, bro. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. We love it. We want your jackets. Oh, get ready. There's one after that. So, um, the mongrel mob, just so you know, is a street gang. It has a network of more than 30 chapters throughout the country. We're going to get shanked. Yeah, for sure. And then the other one in her hometown is called Tribesmen. This is the this is an outlaw miter, motorcycle club. Okay, they got a cool last name. They do have a cool name. They do have a cool look. And yes, they do have a cool jacket. So the colors, yeah, it happens. So I'm with the Tribesmen. I don't want to have to get into that gang because I don't think, as we all know, with motorcycle gangs, what is a woman you have to do? I'm, I'm out. That's where I'm out. I didn't say I wasn't being a part of it. I just said... I- I'm with you, bro. Yeah, but you can't wear the colors. You can't wear their fucking jacket if you're not going to, you know, get in. Maybe I could just be someone's old lady. That's what I'm saying. Why would you want that? No, I'll be their old lady, but I won't be a part of, I won't be a member. Can you do that? Yeah. You can just, like, be, like, the wife or the, the girlfriend and not... Yes. Oh, okay, well, I learned something. Didn't today. you ever watch Sons of Anarchy? You're going to hate me. I have not gotten there yet. It's in my queue. It's in the queue. It's been in your queue for eight years. It's been in my queue for eight years. <laughs> I've had other things happening in my life since then. Rona hasn't been around <laughs> for eight years. It's the Rona. No, I. it's... Uh, I'll get there. Don't judge. Don't judge me. Is it even still on Netflix? It's on FX, which is on Hulu, and I have Hulu, so... Okay. I'll get there. Keep going. <laughs> judging the fuck out of you <laughs> so these two gangs in her hometown of Murupara back in June 2020 again they were recently helping keep people out of their community as like essentially gatekeepers to stop the spread of COVID okay because they're not all bad people right so here's what they were doing essentially they would like get on like a road and have those like you know hazmat jackets on or little vests, mm-hmm. and basically turn people away. No, nope, no, nope, sorry, you can't come in, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what they were doing. People in the town that weren't part of the gang were getting a little aggro because they're like, "Why are gang members just walking around our town, preventing people from like driving into it?" Okay, I see where you're coming from. However. I also see where they're coming from. They're like, holy shit, this is crazy shit. We don't want this to spread. (laughs) You know what? If the banditos were doing that, I wouldn't be mad at them. I wouldn't either, actually. I'd be like, thank you. Great. Phenomenal. (laughs) Good. Keep people out. Let's let's stop this shit, right? Um, And in fact, they use these gangs as a checkpoint, right? And get this. This is some of the things that the people said. And I'm quoting. I've been getting it's not a good look for Murapara, okay? 
well, we ain't about to gonna sugarcoat it and act like they don't exist in Muraparo, so why not utilize them? How about you all look at them differently instead of stigmatizing slash stereotyping them because of the color they wear? And this is one of the people who's basically saying like, why do you give a shit, you know? However, another leader of the community said, quoting, our strong suspicion is that the police are turning a blind eye to this flagrant breach of the prime minister's direction because the offenders are Maori. No one else would have been able to get away with that. So essentially they're saying, oh, it's because they're Maori they're allowed to get away with like blocking entry into the town. So controversy, controversy, yeah. still building in her hometown. But now it's got the new filter of COVID and they're just like doing the whole bullshit there. I thought that was interesting because I'm like, holy crap, what are the odds that her hometown shows up as she's prime minister dealing with COVID all of this many years later, right? Yeah. Uh, anyway, I thought it was interesting. So people really aren't sure that the checkpoints actually stopped the spread of COVID back in 2020. But Jacinda sure as shit did. And here's how she did it. I bullet pointed it out. Here's what happened. They started flight bans as early as February 2nd, 2020. Okay. In early March, 2020, they mandated isolation of 14 days after every incoming flight, every single one. Then, okay, sorry. Those were the strictest regulations in the world at the time for which she said she would, and I'm quoting, make no apologies. Correct. That's, yeah, nor should she. Then she closed the borders. Days later, we're still in March 2020. Then they listened to scientific evidence and started a four-stage alert system based on the current risk. It went from level two to four in March. Thus, they had a lockdown. And also, this is a great way to keep everybody informed. So essentially, we're at a level two today. We're at level three. We're at four. We're to one, right? So you yeah. know how dangerous it is, right? At this time, they had 102 cases and zero deaths. A hundred cases, folks. 100 cases. Not 100,000, not 500,000, not 650,000 people dead, not 2 million. 100. 100. Through the officials carrying out her plan, they only had 89 cases a day at the peak of COVID in 2020 at the peak 89 then using contact tracing and testing new zealand can now carry out 10,000 tests a day and when a case isn't confirmed contact tracers get to work alerting anyone they had close interaction with and telling them to isolate and that is how they're mitigating covid and like you mentioned at the beginning they had one case and they shut the fucking entire goddamn country down again and that's how it's done motherfuckers that is how you stop the spread of COVID. Yeah, guess what? It sucks ass, but were they not having music festivals in September 2020 while the rest of us fucktards are here still in our houses here in the U.S.? The, they sure shit were. I saw the photos of it. I saw the videos of it. Now, granted, they do have a tactical advantage being on an island. Yes, I will give them that. We do not. We have, we're bordered by two massive countries, so it's a little bit harder, but... Just saying the whole, well, there was no way we could have. Uh, yes, there is. And here's how you do it. Banditos, yes. Hell's Angels. What's the other one? Mm, I don't know. You would know. Mrs. Sons of Anarchy over here. <laughs> Motorcycle gang mama. <laughs> 
Is this your dream? Is this what you want? You want to like be on the back of a motorcycle? No, motorcycles um, scare me. Really? I I don't want to ride on motorcycles. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, Outlaws. Oh, the Outlaws, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I Bandidos, mean, outlaws, hell's angels. We need you to step up and keep these people out the out the country. Seriously, wearing their masks, getting vaccinated. Yeah, correct. Science, science. So shockingly, shocking because of all these precautions, which opposition leaders said they were draining the economy, et cetera, et cetera. We could go on. New Zealand has reported fewer than three thousand, fewer than three thousand. COVID-19 cases in over two years and only 26 deaths in a population of 5 million people. So yeah, Jacinda has saved thousands of people's lives for, due to her actions. Thousands. Um, they've been slow to get vaccinated, however. This is the only thing, which I think is interesting, but also it makes sense because, you know, I mean, shit. Yeah, they... This many cases? Yeah. Only 20% of the population is already done, so long way to go. But again, they're living their best lives. Yeah. They announced plans to begin reopening the doors to vaccinated travelers from low-risk countries from early 2022. Next year, bitch. Yeah, but we're a high-risk country. They're not going to take us. Okay, so here's how we're going to do it. We're going to fly to Canada, and then we're going to fly to New Zealand, and then that's how we're going to get in. But will Canada take us? I don't know. I don't have a passport. Chop, chop. Let's get on that shit. Girl, we're getting out of this, bitch. Google how to get a passport. (laughs) It's super easy. I am such not an adult. (laughs) (laughs) If it's not true crime, I don't know how to do it. I can't do this. I can't do this. (laughs) So that is the phenomenal star mom, Jacinda Ardern. Thank you. Yay. You saved. Good job thousands of lives we are so excited to see your future career and your daughter neve neve i like neve Neve? i'm gonna go neve that's pretty grow up and be wonderful and beautiful and talented as you are and we'll also visit you in new zealand one day 100 gonna happen bucket list yes we have to go bucket list yeah that was a good episode i think good job yay us Yay! Anything else you want to say to the people before we head out? No. I don't have anything to say to the people. Okay. They know I love them. They know where to find us. They know they should like us and subscribe to us mm-hmm. and review us. Yeah. And thanks so much for listening. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday.